0: You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Good morning. morning. Happy Sunday. Let me get a good look at you guys. Good to see you. I love that. I love what I wanted to scream at Aaron was no, never come back down. (laughs) Never come back down. How many of you guys are experiencing in a tangible way, in a physical way on your body, peace or presence? It could come like warmth, tingles. It could feel like comfort, like a big old hug from grandma. Holy Spirit's like that. Anybody wave at me? Yeah, that's the presence of Jesus present with us. Sometimes he makes you want to cry, and sometimes he makes you want to laugh because he's really good. So, you know, as we're talking today and and we're having a conversation, a family chat, if you feel the presence of Jesus, you're free in this place to respond to him. If you feel like you want to cry, if you want to laugh, if you need to lay down somewhere and receive the love of the Father, that's really what this is all about. Because as we receive his love, we're changed and transformed to look like love to the world around us. And he's glorified in that. So even in our receiving, it's not selfishness. Because there's purpose in our receiving. Every gift we've ever received, and we've received the fullness of who he is because of the cross. Every gift we've ever received is to serve the one in front of us. But we can't serve anybody well if we're not good receivers. So this morning, let's start out by putting our hands out and saying, I receive your love, Jesus. I receive you as you are, not who I've made you to be. Would you reveal yourself to me as you are, not who I'm comfortable with? Who I've made you to be. Thank you, Jesus. I love a good group activation. <laughs> Man, when, when Aaron was up here, I was thinking, he's talking about this is good news. I remember when, when I, I've been a Christian for, for a long time. But I remember when I chose the awareness of truth. When my mind was changed by truth, when all of a sudden my choice to believe, um, I realized that that means there's something that happens in me. And all of a sudden, I, I, I remember sitting in, in a church somewhere, and they were taking communion, and it was like a somber moment. And I'm like in like the front couple of rows and I'm sitting there and everything inside of me is saying, this is good news. He, he he died for me. It wasn't for sin. He died for me. This is this is good news. The cross isn't a sad story. He went to the cross willingly because John 3, 16, for God so loved because he loved me He gave himself for me so that I could become as he is. It's good news. The cross is good news. The blood of Jesus shed is good news. We are nothing without him. It's good news. And I was sitting in those front two rows, and I'm just like so excited. and, And I just started saying, it's good news. It's good news. I couldn't hold it any longer. I started, and all of a sudden, the presence and the power of God came on me, and I started laughing uncontrollably. And everyone else is like, oh, Lord, you know, very sovereign, which is, there's time for that, you know. There's time for that. But I just was so inappropriate. And I started laughing. I couldn't contain it. And I didn't want to because it felt so right. Because he is good. And you know what? He restores our hearts over and over again by his joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And he comes in with joy, and that joy laughs us right out of the grave. That joy will laugh us right out of the grave. Sometimes we need a couple of chuckles to get out of the grave. Sometimes we need a, a couple of chuckles to, like, get the stink off of us from our grave clothes. He restores our hearts. He restores our stink. You, if you've been laying around the grave, just waiting for Jesus to come back. Just waiting around. He wants to laugh you right out of the grave. We, there's things to be done. There's quality of life, life and life to the full, John 10, 10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came, Jesus speaking, to give life and life to the full. This is quality of life, people. Come on, church. This is quality of life. The church is meant to be a vibrant, beautiful, spotless bride. Just as the lamb was the spotless lamb. How do we do that if our thinking is stinking because of the grave? You know, when we're in the grave a long time, the grave some of us have some mindsets that are still the graveyard mindset. I'm just holding on until Jesus comes back because he's good, and then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll be good. But he made us holy and righteous because of the cross. And we're waiting around in the grave, and, and other people are coming by, and they're like, man, something stinks about this attitude of your mind, like Paul talks about in Philippians. Something's stinking about the attitude of your mind. But, but it smells right to us because we've been in the grave so long, it just smells like home. And then when people come around and say, man, you stinky. You're stinky. I love you, girl, but take a bath in the truth. I love you. I love you, brother. Take a bath in the truth. Get a rebaptismal of love. Let love restore your mind with truth again because I know it's a familiar smell. But it's unhealthy. It's dysfunctional. But you know what? When we're in the grave, we come out and people say, you stinky. You're like, oh, you're offending me. I'm offended. I'm offended by this. How dare you call me stinky? You could not have my back in this. This couldn't be for me. You're against me. And we're just like, look, we want to see you clean. We want to see you whole. And I don't want that stink on me. When we get around people who have a graveyard mindset, sometimes we lay down right next to them. And then the stink gets on us. And we become familiar with the smell. And then we walk around stinky too. And then we get defensive and offended too. Or we take on their stink and we fight each other's stink. Your stink's worse than my stink. And we just take on the graveyard mindset because we're offended because people are hurt and they don't know they're loved god is resurrecting some mindsets today god is coming and bringing people up out of the grave he wants to reach out a gentle hand that says hey we're alive church we're alive You're alive because I'm alive. It's no longer me who lives, but now Christ lives in me. I'm alive in Jesus. He's offering us a hand out of the grave. Let's get these stinky clothes off. Let's get these stinky mindsets off. And let's move forward. I want all of the things that I'm comfortable with that's not really who he is to be left in the grave. Because I I am tired of moving forward where I'm comfortable when he's called me to go into the darkness, to go into uncomfortable places and take the comforter with me. I think sometimes, I used to read when, when, as Aaron was saying, he was saying, it's better that I go, Jesus said when he was, you know, ascending to heaven, it's better that I go because I I leave the comforter with you. It's like, oh, this is going to be a comfortable life with him. Listen, all the disciples gave their lives for Jesus. They were persecuted and they were killed for the gospel. It was an uncomfortable life that they lived. They were not unfamiliar with sorrow and grief and loss and pain. But the comforter was with them. There are some uncomfortable things that God is calling us to walk in and be the comforter. But first, these mindsets have to come off. Hallelujah. Okay, the spark today that I feel like God is saying um, that I want to... That I want to run after is pivotal moments of worship. I am the—I just jumped right in. I'm I'm Sarah. I am the worship pastor here. Um, Tony sent me a text this morning. You guys, he's in Pakistan doing um, doing some amazing things um, for the kingdom of God. Uh, we have a school we're planting in Pakistan. He's doing conferences with. Um, Muslim leaders there, and um, he sent me this text this morning. Please tell the Revive family that I love them and miss them, and their prayers are making a huge difference in what God is doing here. He has moved much more powerfully, if you can imagine that, than even the last time we were here. He's blowing my mind. Then, with a bunch of exclamation points, fire! Fire! We received the fire from Pakistan, Jesus. We received the fires of revival that you're stirring up in the persecuted church in Pakistan. Yeah, God, help us and teach us how to carry it well with honor. Thank you, Lord. So today, the spark that I felt in my heart as I was preparing this morning, I felt him say, there's pivotal moments of worship. That change everything, and he's inviting us into these pivotal moments. and I think all of this that he that we were just running after a second ago, I was just going after what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, these pivotal moments of worship are going to do something in the way that we think. Let's go to Matthew four one through eleven. And why we're getting there, why we're getting there, Um, when you guys think of worship, you know, we have such a, such a, a niche idea of what worship looks like in the, in the Western church. When I, you know, when you think of worship, your mind goes to what we were doing earlier. Hands up, songs going. We're worshiping God with a song, with instruments, even with prayer. Yes, this is a form of worship, um, but but it's and it's powerful corporate worship. There's something about corporate worship. There's something about spirit to spirit. There's something about the church being the church, coming together united, representing the body as one. You know that's beautiful and the power and the presence of God. I I've experienced with that has been life-changing and more powerful than any other, you know, kind of worship as far as feeling his presence tangibly and him showing up. We've seen people just being healed of scoliosis in a moment during worship, no one even praying for them. Spines snap into place, migraines going, discs being put back in people's backs. It just, in worship, people being healed of illnesses and and aches and pains and conditions and diagnoses that they've had for decades. It's beautiful. There's something powerful about corporate worship. And it's not about but or this is better. It's about and. And we do this. Because we've become living sacrifices. We do that in Romans 12 too. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We become, we become, we become, (laughs) we become walking, living, breathing, Fragrance and aroma of worship to the Lord when we choose to let our minds be transformed by truth. Let's get into that. I like to say, behold, beheld, become. We behold him. We, change, we shift our perspective to him to love. We do that a lot with, in, in corporate worship. We put our perspective on love. We behold him. And, 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 and in that beholding, we're changed in that. When you look at his face, you're changed. When you look, look upon his glory, upon his beauty, who he is, we're changed. There's something that happens in us when we see him for who he is. It does something inside of us. And, and, the, and one of the reasons behind that is it's because it's what we were made for. Who he is, who Jesus is, he's a, he's a brother. Who he is, we're, we're his image bearer. And, and there's something inside of us that's that's being pulled on. Our spirits are being pulled to be in unity with that who he is, what we're beholding. We're made to be like him. We're made in his image. We're made to be like him. There's a choosing in the becoming. And I want to explain this because I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Becoming is just the word I'm using to describe Our mind, my mind catching up to my spirit. You know, our 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 mind, our will and emotions, the heart. The Bible says that everything flows through the heart, the troubles of life flows through the heart. And then in Romans twelve two, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's something that happens in this choosing truth. And it's a, it's our mind is like a doorway for the supernatural, for for kingdom thinking, for kingdom realities, to to be able um, for us to receive them. It's not like I have the power to create kingdom realities that never existed. They're already here, and we have access to them fully because of the cross, because of Jesus. But I do have free will and in my choice to choose to believe that's what salvation is right we 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 choose to believe we believe there was our our free our free will of our thinking being laid down i believe you i, I behold you i believe you and then all of a sudden there there was a, we were able to receive to become aware receiving from the Lord is like an awareness that, that activates everything we were ever made to be. All of a sudden I realize, wait a second, there's power in the cross. There's power in the gospel. There's power in what Jesus did for me and for you. Something new. Our choice gives us the authority, because we believe our faith in that, gives us the authority to accept who we are. It doesn't create who we are. He created who we are. But this choice to choose him, this choice, it gives us the authority to receive what's already here, what he already says about us. If you look at different forms of worship in the Bible when they describe them, um, one of the one of the words that's used and it's a Greek word and it's "hama elogine." So I'm going to spell it for you: h o m o l o g e i n. And this word here is a lot of times in the New Testament what they describe in that place of worship. And what this means is to say the same thing, to agree with. And, and they say that to the Hebrew mind, as they're translating from the Greek to Hebrew, or as they're translating and reading this and interpreting this, to the Hebrew mind, it means agreeing with God about yourselves and about him thus it's typically translated from the hebrew to mean confession of sins and subsequent praise of god okay let's think about that cuz that's pretty juicy so they're saying that worship this proper form of worship that we see written in the bible it's important that we 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 dig into the word and we understand what we're reading because our a lot of times our cultural and Western mind, and wherever we're from, we put that on the word, and and so we get something out of it, maybe that there's something bigger to see, and so when we look at worship, it's easy to just say, okay, a living sacrifice of worship, there's like stuff for me to do, there's a lot of stuff for me to do, I got to do a lot of stuff in my life, I got to like be like this huge christian and do all these things and that's what a lifestyle on fire for jesus a lifestyle of worship looks like you tracking with me but or we can think you know i need to just like have praise music on all the time which is okay to do i do that a lot and i have to pray 100 miles a minute and i have to speak in tongues all day long and i have to do all these things and that's what worship looks like but what what i'm getting from right here another form of worship that's very important. What they're seeing as worship as in this translation is to agree with the Father about who he is and about who we are. And isn't that what we do when we worship in any form? We're coming into agreement with the nature of God and who he is and who he says we are. And as we worship, we end up giving him thanks for being who he is and giving thanks for making us who we are. For accepting us in as his. For now we get to be as he is in the earth. So it sounds a lot to me like this, this worship that spoke of in the New Testament is a changing of the mind. And here we are again. The renewing of the mind. And what is the key to it? Believing who he says he is, and who he says we are. This is our form of worship. Holy and pleasing to God. This is our true, proper worship. Wow. And guess what? Ephesians Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us in offering and sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma here another form of worship it even transfers over to people when we love people changing our mind about who God says he is who we say we are and who he says the person in front of us is and then in everything we do it becomes worship to him when we change our mind and we simply just believe him we behold him we allow him to be held. we be, we allow ourselves to be held so we receive and we believe and then we become it's not something where i have to do all these steps to work up and create something that i'm not i don't have the power to do that who we are is is already who we are but what we believe about who we are determines how we live it determines how we worship it determines what we believe we think what if today there was there was these pivotal moments i don't know about you but it seems like there's a theme of my life where where when i'm changing my mind god's showing me hey Hey, there's these places of your mind that I want you to believe me in. Will you believe me? Will you look at me and believe who I am, believe who you are, believe what I see? And I don't know about you, but when I'm having these, these moments, very soon, very shortly after, I will be faced with opposition. The exact opposition of what I feel the Lord is telling me to believe. See, see your situation this way okay I believe you opportunity to see what I really believe anybody feel like that sometimes it's like, man, I, and, and a lot of times what I could do in my life is be like, I was on like a, this this high with Jesus. He's like, yeah, I believe you. He's speaking to me. I hear him because he's saying, I want you to see this. He's healing things in me because I'm like, yes, that's true. I believe you. But then when the opposition to that comes, this opportunity for me to actually live what I've said I believed and allow that to take root in my life and be an immovable faith inside of me, that moment to worship and believe him when I'm faced with opposition, all of a sudden I'm like, hold on. Hold on. The devil's mean. Hold on. I I thought we were in a good place, God. Now I can't hear you. You said that this wasn't true. And we take that. Sometimes I would take him telling me what's true and to see from his perspective meant that I would never be faced with anything else or that he would change it all by himself and I wouldn't have to do anything. But he's a good father and he prepares us. He prepares us to face things and he walks with it through us or walks through them with us. I believe that there are these pivotal moments where we're, we're faced with opposition and God is asking us to believe him. We hear a lot in the church, almost in a cliche way, you know, praise is your weapon. It can become cliche and, and feel cheesy and, and not very powerful. but It's very true. Praise is our weapon. And then when we face opposition, it's our weapon against the enemy and the plans of the enemy. Who's coming to steal from us he wants to steal our joy he wants to kill our hope and he wants to destroy our future he's coming to do that but I have good news we have a weapon okay let's get to Matthew 4.1 here we go all right, I'm gonna read this like it's the first time I've ever read it. Will you guys listen to it like it's the first time you've ever heard it? Let it sink in. Because there's something new that Jesus wants to show us today. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he was hungry. Oh, well, yeah, he was, uh, he was hungry. <laughs> now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Listen, the devil has, at this time, he has authority in the earth and he has power. He's doing all of these things. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and angels came and ministered to him. I'll, I want us to focus in here on something. What was Jesus's plan when he came with the cross? When Jesus came. We see that in John 13, he lo- 3.16, he, for he so loved the the world, for he so loved us that he sent his only son to die for us. They were all in agreement in this. There wasn't like an overthrow and like you get to go down and do the thing. Um, it was in an, an agreement and it's, the motivation was love. What was he doing? We're talking about worship today. You know, worship was was a form of sacrifice. There had to be sacrifice for us to be able to have any kind of communication, any kind of uh, experience with God. There was this sacrifice that had to be made. But because of the cross, it was the final sacrifice. There was no more sacrifice to be made. He did it so that we could be one. So in this, there's this, he's coming for this oneness with us. He's coming so that we can step in to what he made us for, right? And it was gonna be a hard road to get there. There's gonna be some opposition. He was gonna have to face the cross, one of the ugliest things you could imagine as a human. And we see Jesus Feeling the weight of that. Um, will you put up Philippians 2.7 um, if you have the NLT? He could feel the weight of that because we know um, that Jesus, he fully God, right? We get that. Fully God. But he chose, like Aaron said, to wrap himself in flesh to, to, to become Here, let's read it. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He came in and he, he showed us what it looked like to be a child fully dependent on his father, only doing what the father said, uh, 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 only doing what he saw the father doing, only saying what he, he heard the father saying, right? He, he showed us this. He came as a humble servant. He felt the weight and the pressures and the pain of this world. That, and we see that in the garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> Dang it, I never can say it right. Gethsemane gethsemane y'all know you know what garden i'm talking about he we see that there he's a man of many sorrows he felt the pain and the opposition of this world the the, the enemy what he was get, he had authority in the earth and jesus came back to take that authority and give it to his kids he came and he laid that down. He felt the opposition. There was going to be a hard road to, to get the goal of his kids being able to not have to sacrifice, but him being the sacrifice for us to be one, for us to be whole in him, for our true and proper worship to become simply, all I have to do is just believe you. And then he, there, there's, this, there's this aligning spirit to spirit. And the the devil was giving him away around the cross. you see this here? He was saying, and he said to them, all these things I, he's showing him great power listen Jesus he is in a human form, feeling the weight of human life sometimes we we don't we don't see this this um this journey that he walked through of being tempted as a super big deal because we're like, oh he's God, so he just like he he can just like do everything. But when we see this as he was fully God but chose to become as man in the earth, this this is power this becomes so much more powerful because this is an example of us that we get to look to. He, he he was hungry, he was tired. If you haven't slept a lot, you're a little crazy. And if you're hungry, you're a little angry. I'm, you know I'm being real and 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 the devil is offering him things and he's showing great power because he had power in the earth and he's showing off a little bit and he says to him and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me if you will for a moment in a moment shift your worship just for a moment Just shift your worship. Just shift what you've believed just for a moment. Just shift the lordship of your worship. It says he's he's enthroned by the praises in the worship of his people. Just for a moment, if you just shift your worship from this kingdom mindset right here, because we're in the reality, you see that I have power here. If for a moment you'll shift your worship to me, just for a moment, no one's got to know one's got to see it's just up here us up here on this tall temple together if you do this all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me I'll give you the authority in the earth he came to get the authority he came to take the cross to get the authority back because the the enemy had authority in the earth and he gave it to his kids and the, the the enemy was offering him a way around the cross, just for a moment. If you'll shift your worship, I believe today there's something to, there's something that sticks out to me in this, and I, and I and I believe what 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 God is what God is showing me in this is that there are going to be these pivotal moments where we're going to have a choice to worship. These pitiful moments of opposition to what our lives, our lives becoming this living sacrifice, like like we talk about in, in Romans 12, too, the living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. We, be, we become worship, a lifestyle of worship to God. Everything we do becomes worship because we believe who He is and we believe who we were made to be. And in that, all that we do is worship. There's gonna be these pivotal moments where he's, he's, he's renewing our mind to new truths, and opposition's going to come against that exact thing. And he and and I believe that he's calling the church to see those as opportunities to worship. He's calling the church, the church to see those as, as not, God has left me, God has forsaken me in this. But this is a, an opportunity to again, with that worship, what that translation means? Believe who He says He is. Believe who He says we are. And it's really easy to to stand with a microphone outside of your lives, not seeing what you're going through. You not seeing when I, what I what's in my life, how hard or how easy it is, and say. When opposition comes, just worship the Lord. You know, that's real. But I believe God is giving us this invitation today because he has the grace for us to be able to do this well, to be able to step into it because it's what we were made for. We were made to be living sacrifices of worship. And for so long, I have believed that that looked like me having to do a lot of things for God to be pleased with my lifestyle of worship. But really what it looks like is beholding him, letting him hold me and receiving and believing who he is. That's what happens when we're in the father's arms. We receive and then we believe it because we've received it. And then all of a sudden we've become who he says we are. We start to see it happening. We start to be able to take those first couple of steps and all of a sudden we're running with him. We're running with him. Don't be discouraged this morning. We're about to wrap up with this. Don't be discouraged this morning if you've fumbled and you've fallen in this. And you're like, man, I didn't take those opportunities. This is so about me. I didn't take those opportunities this month, this year, this week when COVID hit. Should have worshipped. Listen, when, a little, when, when my, my daughter was learning how to walk, when she fell down, I didn't say, well, you're never going to learn how to walk. I still last, <laughs> Don't try anymore. You showed me that's not who you are. You're not a walker. You'll just be slithering around for the rest of your life. Get used to it. No, I'm like, baby, do it again. Try again. Let me help you. Let me show you. Let me teach you. Look at me. I'll show you how. That's what he does to us. That's what he's saying this moment. Will you stand with me this morning? But you are wholly enthroned on the praises of your people. (laughs) He's enthroned on our worship this morning as we choose to change our minds about what we've seen him as. That was a false representation of who he is. He's enthroned on the praises as we change our mind this morning about what we've made ourselves to be that we thought that were false representations of who he made us to be. He's enthroned in this worship today that we give him as we choose to to choose him and allow him to change our minds with looking at him. So can we just posture our hearts and close our eyes this morning and, and look at Jesus? If you feel like this this is for you today and, and you want to receive something from the Lord, do you feel like he, he has a, a greater um, revelation or um, truth to share with you about who he, how he wants you to see him, about how he wants you to see yourself or about how he wants you to see your situation today? Would you put your hands out if that's you? I didn't have this plan but I, I I'm going to I'm going to sing a song over you. Um hopefully I can remember how to play it. Um but as we're just in that posture of worship, I want you guys to close your eyes. I'm going to sing um short and sweet something over you guys and then I'm going to pray and bless you. Um when I when I when I, when I come up to pray the prayer team, you can come if you have pain in your body, if you have pain in your heart. If you need a heal today, The healer's here, the one who loves you, the one who wants you to be whole is here. And so, when our prayer team comes up after I end this song, feel free to come, get prayer. We we, we love you guys. We want we want to partner with you in all that you need, because that's what we do as your family. So I'm gonna pray. Uh, I'm gonna sing this over you guys this morning. that need healed to be the comforter to us that empowers us to walk into discomfort and have the king of peace, the prince of peace with us. We just receive your love today, Jesus. We receive you as you are. Team, if you want to come forward, Thank you, Jesus. yeah, we bless you guys. If you need prayer this morning, feel free to come forward. We bless you guys and we love you. Have a great week.